MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Today, a new court filing by the Department of Justice indicates superseding indictments could come in the Proud Boys 1-6 conspiracy case. Insurrectionist Cooey Griffin is found guilty in his bench trial on one count. Project Veritas says the Fed secretly accessed its emails in the Ashley Biden diary case. And the FBI has advised that Russian hackers scanned five U.S. energy networks. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Oh, God, that's funny. Thank you for that. You're welcome. On this last day that you will be with us for like a week. Yes. So I... And I'll miss you. I already know I will. I already miss you. I missed you this morning and I knew I was going to talk to you later. It was weird. There you have it. We love Uh, each other, people. That's it. We love each other. (laughs) Big hearts. Um... Stacy Q time, right? Two of hearts, two, two hearts, hearts that beat, beat as one. one. <laughs> I need you, I, I need, need you. you. Yeah. All right. Totally We've lost that. listeners. Let's keep it moving. Running just as fast as we can. Okay, we're at the mall now. All right. Holding on to one another's hand. <laughs> Trying, Trying to get, to get away, away into, into the, the night. night. And then you put your arms around me and tumble, tumble to the ground. And then we say, I think we're We're definitely not alone now. We might be alone now after that song. Yeah, everyone has dropped off. They have left us alone in the room. Um, It's a big news day today. Uh, We're not going to have an interview today. We're going to go straight into the good news after the headlines. I have been biting my tongue all day watching the Ketanji Brown Jackson confirmation hearings. I just got up from Ted Cruz pitching a fit about we just got some reports from the White House and, you know, when did you get them? Like an hour ago and then we gave them to you. Yeah, but why did you wait? And how, what time was it? And and uh, did this happen in the Ted, Ted Cruz? I don't remember this happening in the Kavanaugh hearing. And Dick Durbin's like, actually it did. We weren't able to get years of Kavanaugh's uh, information from his work <laughs> previ- you know, previously uh, and your counsel kept that from us. He's like, well, whatever. And he's like, all right, well, what, what in the report are you mad about? And Ted Cruz is this thing in the Hawkins case where it says that probation said 18 months and she sentenced to three months. And he, and then fucking Durbin picks up a copy of the Washington Post and reads it right out of there. He's like, this is public information, you shitbag. Was that before or after Ted Cruz asked if babies are racist? I'm just wondering. That was earlier in the day. Um, <laughs> I just, that, what a fucking douchebag. She, her, she was like... <sighs> She did. Senator. She took a breath and she said, Senator, I don't think any babies are racist or should not be accepted for who they are. I mean, why that she said, and I said this and I have no idea if her husband is in that hearing still, I don't even know if he's allowed to sit through this part, how he has not gotten up and throat punched anybody punched at this point face. is beyond me. Uh, and well, not you- that she needs protecting I'm saying mm-hmm. anyone who'd listen to this shit would want to throw punch somebody. Well, all you have to do to get Ted Cruz to like you is call his wife ugly. So that's right. That's really all you got to do. So, uh, and I thought it was uh, you know Josh Hawley's bringing up these nine cases where she did a downward departure in uh, child pornography sentencing cases, 
And then Maisie Hirono gets up and she's like, yeah, everyone does that. And here's six judges, Josh Hawley, that you voted for that did bigger downward departures from sentencing guidelines in child pornography cases. <laughs> I mean, just... so good. One, uh, I think we need to see Josh Hawley's laptop. Uh, that's the first thing, because huh? he's way too interested in this. And the other thing is it was brilliant. When I think it was Hirono who asked yeah. mm-hmm. uh, if she's ever been accused of sexual assault. And she was like, no, I, I have not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, man. What I, I can't. I'm so I, I, I you have to take breaks, take breaks from the hearings, people. Otherwise, your blood pressure will go through the roof. Yes. Especially when Tom Cotton is talking, which is who's talking right now. Uh, <sighs> all right. And so and Graham was just a. Oh, but watching Ben Sass talk about Kennedy. I mean, <laughs> He actually had some relatively reasonable questions, Mr. Sass. He did. Sass. I was like, oh, Republicans still do exist and that aren't Trumpers or haven't sold themselves to the devil. And yeah, it was and then, really funny. <laughs> and then Graham's like, where'd you rate your faith on a one to 10? She's like, there's no religious test for government jobs. Oh, so good. You've I mean, dime what, store uh, Wolverine. That was so, so bad. And then Graham yesterday. Oh, wait, that this was, will, sorry. I promise dime this store not... Wolverine is Ted Cruz. Uh, that was Lindsey Graham. My bad. That's okay. Graham yesterday was like, this will not turn into a circus. And all day today, oh, all I could hear was coming out of his mouth that's it yeah we need some tuba player to just stand behind him and go like whenever he's talking (laughs) all right we do have some news to get to so let's do that let's hit the hot notes hot notes all right first up government filed a motion i always get excited when they file motions and this motion is to vacate the trial date that was supposed to be in may in the conspiracy case against Enrique Tario and his Proud Boy buddies. Um, and this filing came yesterday, and it contends that the Department of Justice and both attorneys for Tario and Dominic Pozzola are asking for a continuance. So strike it from the record. We don't vacate the date, the trial date for May, and uh, we'll figure out when we can uh, make it uh, after that. But it, May is too soon, and they, uh, they all agreed, except that the other Proud Boys attorneys were like, no, we want to hurry. Um, and we don't have a ruling yet on this particular motion, um, but they want to push back the date of the trial. And that's because they have need time to review and, and produce as part of discovery new evidence that the, all. And this is the evidence that was gathered in, quote, several executions of search warrants that happened simultaneously with Enrique Tario's arrest when he was arrested in his underwear. And uh, additionally, the government explained in the filing that. On top of single case and case-specific discovery, the government also participates in cross-discovery and something called global discovery. And what that means is that in addition to providing all the evidence that they have against these specific defendants, like in Enrique Tario's case, all of the Enrique Tario evidence, they're also providing to all defendants any cross-discovery from other January 6th cases that may be relevant to them, which means like all the other Proud Boys that are indicted along with them. And global discovery, which is like this giant repository of evidence gathered on all like almost 800 or so January 6th defendants, giving the defense lawyers the ability to go through it and determine what, if any, evidence in that giant pile is relevant to their defense. And the government says the case specific and cross discovery is like several terabytes. And then they describe the global discovery as follows to date. Quote, these materials include tens of thousands of hours of surveillance video, body-worn camera footage, and public source video, information and data from tens of thousands of tips provided to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and local police departments, hundreds of internal investigation reports into the conduct of law enforcement on the January 6th, 
Hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of FBI reports documenting the investigation of all subjects identified as playing a role in the breach of the Capitol and data seized pursuant to legal process or consent from thousands of digital devices and other digital accounts of those who participated in the Capitol breach, unquote. The DOJ then has a section, and this is my favorite section, it's called Third Superseding Indictments. And, and these ones that just came out with Enrique Tario for conspiracy to obstruct and obstructing official proceeding and, you know, fucking with police officers, that whole new thing is the second superseding indictment. And now they mm-hmm. have a, a thing called third superseding indictment. It's just one paragraph. And it says, as explained above, the government continues to investigate and identify evidence relevant to the six defendants charged in the second superseding indictment. The government anticipates that based in part on evidence seized on March 8th. That's from the other simultaneous several search warrants that were executed we may seek to charge several additional defendants and or seek to add new charges the government expects that any such superseding indictment would issue prior to may 20th 2022 now this is what happened with the oath keepers dana in that case the government came back with seditious conspiracy charges Uh. so put some beans on that i thought i smell seditious conspiracy charges coming for the proud boys and if the department of justice is working to tie this conspiracy to donald himself They will need to have reviewed all that global discovery evidence, all the available evidence for single case, cross and global discovery before they get to that rung of the ladder for their charging decision, which is what I believe they are doing. And I think that's where they're headed based on the clear connection that the Department of Justice made between Tario, his actions and Donald's tweet on December 19th about the wild protest on January 6th. And also because Merrick Garland has said on several occasions, look, we charge the overt crimes first and then we should, then we get to people who weren't there that day. And that's like Stuart Rhodes, uh, mm-hmm. who was outside the Capitol and Enrique Tario, who wasn't there at all uh, the during the, the breach of the Capitol. And then people like, you know, Roger Stone all the way up to Donald. So we'll see what happens. Or all the way down, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, Uh, As a follow-up to yesterday's story about the Project Veritas and Ashley Biden's diary, so Josh Gerstein writes for Politico, and this is a quote, a group that has singled out journalists and Democrats in undercover operation contends that prosecutors misled a federal court and sought unwarranted gag orders during a federal investigation of the group's ties to the alleged theft of a diary belonging to President Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley. In November, the FBI conducted pre-dawn raids at the home of Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe and the homes of two other individuals who worked with the group. The agents acted with warrants that allowed them to seize phones and computers to search for evidence of trafficking in interstate property. Okay, so after the raids, the U.S. District Court Judge Annalisa Torres, she agreed to a request by the group to put in a place to put in place a special master to review the information on the seized devices to ensure that prosecutors did not get access to emails, text messages and other records that might be subject to attorney client privilege or other legal protections. However, in a letter Tuesday to a federal judge overseeing aspects of the probe, Project Veritas's attorney said that they recently learned that for nearly a year before the last November's raids, prosecutors used gag orders to keep quiet other steps taken in the diary probe, including grand jury subpoenas and court-ordered seizures of all the emails O'Keefe and several colleagues kept in particular accounts over a three-month span in 2020. <laughs> yes. It's getting fun. Prosecutors mm-hmm. obtained warrants to seize all emails from an account belonging to one unnamed person, the group's lawyers called a Project Veritas journalist. 
<laughs> during a period spanning more than a year from 2020 to 2021. And that's what the letter said. Now, in some or all the cases, prosecutors obtained non-disclosure orders, often called gag orders, prohibiting disclosure of the fact of the searches to the users of the accounts. Now, the letter to Torres complains that even as lawyers for Project Veritas and prosecutors were lying out, excuse me, laying out their respective views about a special master to address the information seized in the November FBI raids, prosecutors had similar and perhaps identical information from the group from the earlier warrants <laughs> that did not reveal that fact. They didn't reveal that fact and continued to renew the gag orders relating to those searches. <laughs> no, we, we don't have nothing. We don't, we not, what, what? <laughs> now, meanwhile, Project Veritas and the Times remain at odds. Okay, earlier this month, the group released hidden camera videos depicting Times journalist Matthew Rosenberg disparaging others at the newspaper. The Times, count, the Times countered Sunday with another article on the conservative group alleging that just before the 2020 presidential election, it used a ruse to try to, quote, trick Ashley Biden into confirming that the diary was hers. Mm. Yeah. So gag orders, non-disclosures, um, we're collecting all your emails and then we're actually also <laughs> seizing all of your devices and and having a special master go through those emails. So we already have them. Uh, and, you know, that's 18 U.S. Code 2703. That's a 2703 order. The government may obtain electronic communications, quote, without required notice to the subscriber or customer if the governmental entity obtains a warrant issued using the procedures described in the federal rules of criminal procedure. And I guarantee you they did. So, meh. Uh, also today, a very meaningful ruling from a Trump appointee. Mr. Trevor McFadden, a federal judge on Tuesday, found Cooey Griffin, founder of Cowboys for Trump and the second January 6th defendant to go on trial as part of the Justice Department's massive prosecution, found him guilty of trespassing on U.S. Capitol grounds while Vice President Mike Pence was there. Griffin, a conspiracy theorist who also serves as county commissioner in New Mexico, was acquitted of the second misdemeanor charge of disorderly and disruptive conduct. Griffin argued that he led others in prayer at the Capitol that day. <laughs> <sighs> Judge Trevor McFadden issued <laughs> the ruling. Dear God, please don't let me get arrested for this. Dear God, please don't let me get arrested for this. Go ahead. Yeah, so all I need to do, I just, you know, walk in, beat the shit out of a bunch of people, and then just pray. That's uh, right. Pray. Yeah. Pray. Pray the conspiracy away. Pray the misdemeanor away. That's it. Uh, Judge Trevor McFadden issued the ruling. I guess thoughts and prayers do work. Okay. Uh, issued the ruling after a sometimes contentious bench trial that began on Monday and ended midday Tuesday. Griffin faces a potential fine, probation, or jail time up to a year after being found guilty of entering and remaining in a restricted area. After the verdict, Griffin told reporters outside the courthouse he didn't want to go to jail, but continued to peddle the false conspiracy theory that January 6th was a setup by the U.S. government that I just happened to participate in. Okay. <laughs> The Justice Department has charged nearly 800 defendants for the attack on the Capitol, securing guilty pleas from almost a third of them. And Griffin's trial shows what January 6th defendants may contend with when taking their cases to trial, including extensive video and other evidence. McFadden noted Griffin's comments and videos after the riot when he acknowledged the area he entered was restricted. McFadden also pointed out that Griffin likely saw the barriers outside the Capitol and signs marking restricted areas while recording a video in front of the Capitol on January 5th. Now, during his trial, and we talked about this, only the second time the Justice Department has had to prove a January 6th case beyond a reasonable doubt, prosecutors addressed questions about how rioters would have known they couldn't enter the Capitol grounds and about Pence's precise whereabouts after he was evacuated from the Senate chamber. A Secret Service inspector testified that Pence was taken to a loading dock underneath the building on the Senate side. And the judge said, yeah, 
Pence was on the grounds. So that erases anyone else. If anyone else decided to say, I wasn't trespassing because Pence wasn't on the grounds. Tough shit. Griffin now faces the same conviction as a number of other defendants who pled guilty to a single charge of illegally entering restricted grounds. But unlike those who who pled guilty, Griffin could face a setback at sentencing. He might not see the benefit of having accepted responsibility for his actions after he was charged, especially with his comments outside of the courthouse. And that is a factor that judges can take into consideration. Sentencing is set for June 17th. All right. Thanks, AG. And this is a little unsettling. Uh, Hackers associated with Russian internet addresses. They've been scanning the networks of five U.S. energy companies in a possible prelude to hacking attempts. That's from the FBI. They said that in a March 18th advisory to U.S. businesses obtained by CNN. Now, the FBI issued the notice days before President Biden publicly warned that Kremlin-linked hackers could target U.S. organizations as the Russian military continues to suffer heavy losses in Ukraine, and as Western sanctions on the Kremlin begin to bite. Now, Deputy National Security Advisor Ann Neuberger said during Monday's White House briefing that Russia had been conducting, quote, preparatory activity for cyber attacks, which she said could include scanning websites and hunting for software vulnerabilities. The so-called, quote, preparatory activity that Neuberger mentioned Monday is likely not about espionage. This is quote, not about espionage. It's probably very likely about disruptive or destructive cyber activity, which would be really bad too. Uh, U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Director Jen Easterly said Tuesday in a phone briefing with industry executives and state local government personnel. That's according to three sources on the call. Now, there are at least 18 U.S. companies in other sectors, such as defense and financial services that were subjected to the scanning And the FBI also gave us that information. There's no confirmed breaches related to the scanning, thank God, but the FBI advisory is the latest in a course of warnings from U.S. officials to critical infrastructure operators to be on the alert for potential Russian hacking. And this is a quote, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential and it's coming. And that's what Biden told business executives on Monday. So high alert, everyone. And we know this about Russia. We've been worried about them hacking into our grids for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So five five of those companies were U.S. power companies and 18 in uh, companies in other sectors, Eek. including financial. Uh, uh, all right. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, I, I'm hoping I, I'm interested to know what sort of resources DHS is putting behind this, you know, defense yeah. of our, our cyber defense. All right. Uh, we will be right back with the good news. Everybody stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans, and today's episode is brought to you by Allform, my favorite place to buy great customizable furniture. Allform allows you to customize beautiful premium quality furniture to suit your specific needs and specifications. It's amazing. They even deliver it right to your door fast and free. Using Allform, you can design your own luxury furniture using the best materials, but at a fraction of the cost and in a fraction of the time. Last time I got a custom couch, it took like four months, three months, something really unreasonable. But the sofa that I chose with Allform has whiskey-colored leather, which is spill-stain and scratch-resistant, which is great for pod pets. It's got a walnut-leg finish, which matches my mid-mod vibe, and a chaise lounge at the end. It's beautiful, it's comfortable, it looks great, and it's amazing. And Allform ships fast. It arrives in the mail in just five to seven days, and it's easy to assemble, no tools required. You can start with small pieces and add seats as needed, all the way from armchairs and love seats up to eight-seat sectionals. So if your family grows or your home grows, you can start small and add later on. And best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months, and if you do not love it, 
they will pick it up for free and give you a full refund. And there's a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And right now, Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. All right. If you have any good news or corrections or confessions or be stories or pictures, whether they're your pets or Halloween photos or Easter Bunny photos or whatever you have to send to us, we accept it all at uh, dailybeanspod.com. And you just click on contact and that's how you send us your good news stories. And I'm going to kick us off. With a submission from Lala, no pro, no pronouns given here. Uh, Lala says, I just love your fucking filthy mouths. <laughs> Every morning yeah. you are with me as I create my latest baked treat. Oh, fucking bakery treats. My love language is sugar and baking and has always brought me joy. And from the feedback has given joy to all that consume. When my kids were young, I knew every friend's favorite cookie and always had people to consume my goodies. Now they're grown and I can mail only so many boxes of cookies <laughs> with much encouragement. I'm now trying to start a business to sell my cookies. I attach some of my recent creations. Remaking traditional cookies is my latest challenge. Oreos, Nutter Butters, Caramel Delights, etc. For 20 years, I worked with special needs kids and my name was so hard to say. So I became Lala, Aww. hence the name Lala's Creations. Thanks for reading this. Peace and love. P.S. A.G., you mentioned loving Thin Mints, so I'm making, uh, thinking of making those for my next challenge. Yes. Wow, look at how beautiful these are. And it's uh, facebook.com slash loves the number two, and the word create. Ooh. Right? Holy shnikes. Look these at the are... dancers. Look at the dancers in the ballet shoes. Uh, slippers? These are really amazing. I know. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, my gosh. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. All right. Thanks for kicking us off. And this is from Mamie. And why do I know that? Because it rhymes with Amy. Her pronouns are she and her. Just listen to Allison wind her way through the labyrinth of the Greenberg Gates Parnas Fruman connection to Dr. Pothead and his yacht. (laughs) When will she finally realize she has to get that law degree over and done with? (laughs) I mean, seriously. I like my job right now. <laughs> we, do, we do need you here. All right, let me get this one out of the way. All right, this is from Matt, pronouns he and him. Hello, Beans Queens. I wanted to share some good news. Last oh. week, I was driving home from work and saw a doggo running on the side of the road. Three cars passed without stopping. I stopped traffic, and she ran right up to me. I took her to my vet, and she wasn't chipped. She came home with me. My 15-year-old Chawini Thor was super happy for a dog friend. <laughs> <laughs> Through the power of Facebook, I found Cookie's owners. One photo is right when I found her. The other is waiting for her owners. She wanted to sit on my lap, leaning against me. I think she's a puggle. Thank you for all you do. <laughs> puggle or a two. Oh, no. The 15-year-old Chewini is, is the other oh dog Oh, my God. Look at that sweet baby girl. Thank you for doing that, by the way, and finding the owner, Matt. Well done. Oh, What a honey. I sure hope that the owners were just like overjoyed to see this baby girl. Totally. Uh, Next up from anonymous pronouns, she and her. This is still life with Ukrainian cat. Remy really was born in Ukraine. Oh. Oh, wow. Got some cherry tomatoes and an apple. (laughs) That's that's what makes it a still life. (laughs) Hi, Remy. Thank you for sending that in. And then from Remy. Wait, what? Wait, okay. Huh? That's funny. All right. The cat's name is Remy. And then the next submission is from Remy. Pronouns he and him. <laughs> uh, not Probably not the cat. 
Uh, hello to the Beans Queens. I am such an admiring basic member of your podcast, and I get so much understanding from what you deliver to us all. Thank you for what you do. You're welcome. I collected and posted a few online pics of scary Easter bunnies I thought people might enjoy. Oh, all my the God. best to you all. Ah! Ah! No. <laughs> 1958 Easter bunny portraits become popular in the U.S. 1959 child psychologist offices are invented. I mean, oh, seriously, sh- that kid doesn't look nearly as concerned as he should. Or she should. Oh, my goodness. All right, next one. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> yep. What's I'm telling the vest? you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at the baby's face. I know. That's hysterical. <laughs> Poor little munchkin. Aww. Thank you for All those. Right. Those are wonderful. Indeed. All right. This one's from Jackie Pronunci and her. Hey, AG. I want to give you my heartfelt thanks for acknowledging and including my kid Sadie at happy hour on Friday. Hmm. Sadie is nine and one of those kids who in this world, who is in this world, but not of this world. Well said, awesome. Jackie. They felt so seen and so grown up and completely starstruck at getting to have a conversation about Weird Al with you. <laughs> Sadie told us recently that they are non-binary, they, them. They have been getting counseling and medication for depression and adjustment disorder. So I'm excited that they have an LGBTQ plus hero and mental health advocate in you. I'm including Halloween picks as tax. In 2017, Sadie requested family Hamilton costumes. So here are Sadie and little sis Lola as a ham and a burr dueling for Halloween. Oh my God. That (laughs) is adorable. Ah, How amazing. Oh my God. Look at these kids. (laughs) Sadie. And very well. Oh, look at the second picture. Exactly how it was done. A ham up in the air. A burr. Not so much. I hope I didn't just spoil anything for anybody. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert in the good news. Oh my god. Aaron goodness. Burr shoots Hamilton. Oh my gosh. A ham and A Burr. I love that. Oh, it's just one of the best. Jackie, thanks. And thanks for bringing Sadie to the to the happy hour. That was fun. It was fun to talk to her and have that little discussion about Weird Al concerts. It was so cool. I gotta say, these costumes are really, really awesome too. They really are. They're fantastic. These kids are so cute. Oh, my God. I know. All right. Thank you all for your submissions. I really appreciate it. Anything you want to send to us that will make our day, because you always do, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact Dana. Yes. I just, I, my final thoughts, and I don't know why this sounds like I'm saying bye forever. I'm not. Is just take care of yourself over the next 10 days. I'll be back in your ears around April 3rd. We're going to be head into spring and it's Aries. It's Aries time. I don't know any other Aries out there, but our birthdays are coming up. So just know that I will miss you all, um, but they're going to hold down the fort. And so I hope you miss me and I'll be back with you in about 10 days. I hope you miss me. Can we just get a shirt that says that? I I hope hope you miss me too. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will miss you dearly. But you know, the cool thing is, well, I don't know. You might be totally out of the zone to even text. So whenever you get some service, you'll just have to swing in and say hi when you can. Oh, I totally will. I mean, I think I'm eight hours ahead, but I absolutely will. Awesome. I'm trying not to wake you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I, I would just appreciate hearing from you. And everybody, I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to have a special guest or if I'm just going to be me. I don't know. Amy's gone. Dana's gone. I'll see what I can do by myself, maybe. Um, <laughs> I have faith in me. And so does Jane Lynch, she told me. And so does Mary oh, Trump. So Exactly. And that's really all you need. It, it is. Um, 
Absolutely. Incredible, incredible people that I know uh, and the friends that I've made doing this, including you, my friend. So we will see you in uh, about 10 days and everyone else. I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health and vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.